You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 70. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be interviewing New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Michael Lister. Michael grew up in North Florida near the Gulf of Mexico and the Apalachicola River. He comes from a small town. And he has a fascinating background. In the early 90s, uh, Michael became the youngest chaplain within the Florida Department of Corrections. Uh, he published uh, Power and Blood uh, in 1997, and that uh, was his first novel, which uh, kicked off his uh, John Jordan Mysteries, uh, which he has now recently published the 19th book in that uh, series. I had a great time talking with uh, Michael about his long-running series, about his uh, writing process, and a whole lot more. And a reminder to please uh, review and rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're subscribed to it. It uh, helps me get the word out for the podcast, and I do appreciate it. So here's my interview with Michael Lister. I'm Peterson here with Meet the Thriller Author, and in this uh, episode I am talking with Michael Lister, who's on Skype. How are you, Michael? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks uh, for being on the uh, podcast. My pleasure. Can you tell our uh, listeners about your background? Sure. I've been writing, I guess my first book came out about 21 years ago. And I started like seriously pursuing writing about three or four years before that. So been at this quite a while. My original goal was to uh, get published before I turned 30. And uh, I barely beat that, uh, you know, made that goal. But I did, I did beat that deadline. And uh, got right under the wire. And I had always read mysteries and thrillers and uh, really loved the genre and knew that's what I wanted to write. So when I started, that's that's what I started with and have pretty much stayed there. I, I write a few things outside of the genre, but most of my novels are uh, mystery and thrillers. And um, I live in North Florida. And so that's a huge part of what I write about. Uh, that's where the majority of my books are set, uh, primarily in North Florida and in Atlanta, Georgia. The uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of influences we can talk about if you want to. But basically, uh, I've got one main series going and then quite a few uh, what were originally thriller standalones. But they've actually the characters in those have worked their way into my main series. So now pretty much everything I write is related. And my main series is the John Jordan series. There's 19 books in it so far, and they're uh, murder mystery suspense thrillers. When the series opens, uh, John Jordan is an ex-cop, uh, returned from Atlanta to Florida, and has uh, become a prison chaplain and started is continuing to do investigation. And then about midway through the series, he becomes a sheriff's investigator again. So that's John Jordan, and that's the, the series sort of where I started. Yeah, it's been fascinating. I didn't when I first read um, Power in the Blood. That was the first John Jordan uh, book, right? Or, yes, yes, yeah, sure was. Yeah, I, I remember reading that last year, and I didn't realize um, you had a, that it had been published twenty years ago. So it's amazing. It was nineteen ninety seven, and I was actually a full time prison chaplain at the time uh, that book came out in two thousand. I was able to uh, stop that and start writing full time, but the last year in in uh, 2017, we actually put out a 20th anniversary edition of Power in the Blood, and a really cool book. It, what it what happened 
was I had the opportunity to to rewrite it. So essentially, I went back and edited and revised and kept kept the original book, um, but did a lot of revising. And so it's not it's not the the twentieth anniversary edition is not the book I would have written twenty years ago. And it's also not the one I would write today, but it's a sort of a marriage of those two things. Um, it's got a really beautiful introduction by Michael Conley and several other writers and, and um, fans of the series have uh, essays and content in the book and was really, really pleased with how it turned out. I noticed that intro from Michael Connolly. That was a, he wrote a really nice, uh, <laughs> nice forward for you there. He's a, He's not just a great writer; he's a great person. Yeah, one of my one of my favorites uh, for sure. Um, been so, so it's been so fascinating. I think that's what's been really cool about about your uh, about the John Jordan series is, like like I said, I didn't realize you've been writing it for twenty years. But it, to follow the different arcs, like you said, he started out as a, as an ex cop, then he became a chaplain, sheriff's investigator. So it's been uh, interesting to see him grow and change uh, throughout the years. You know, that's really. Um, what appeals to me the most about doing a long series is to be able to, it's almost like I have several mini series within the main series. And I've actually gone back and written three prequels so far. So, uh, uh, John, when he was, uh, when he graduated high school here in North Florida, he moved to Atlanta to really pursue, um, he was going to seminary, but he was pursuing the Atlanta child murderer. And the actual, the, the true crime case that actually took place there. And so that's a big part of the, the series. But <clears throat> I went back and wrote um, the seventh book in the series called Innocent Blood is actually a prequel. And so it takes place, um, starts in 1980 when John actually um, encountered the Atlanta child monster, the Atlanta child murderer. And um, then his moving to Atlanta to investigate that and then... The tenth book in the series, Blood Cries, is is a sequel to Innocent Blood. It's continuing those early years of John. Uh, Stone Cold also is a, a prequel. So I've got three prequels, and then I've got the the years in which John was a prison chaplain and an investigator, and then now from book eleven, which was Blood Oath, forward. So book book eleven through book nineteen, he's a sheriff's investigator again. He still does uh, part time prison chaplaincy. But his his primary job as an investigator is is one in which he's carrying a, a badge and a gun again, and is an official sheriff's investigator for Gulf County. And that one's uh, that's bloodshed is the latest one, right? That's uh, released uh, this uh, last month. Right. Exactly. Yep. And in bloodshed, uh, he actually John is investigating a school shooting, and uh, he, he they local local law enforcement are tipped off by the uh, school resource officer that uh, she believes there's a plot for a, a school shooting to take place. And so they begin investigating before it takes place in an attempt to prevent it. But it deals with uh, sort of the school shootings, what's happening in our society related to those. And um, so there's a lot about that. But it is, it's a it's a so it's got a lot of real information from Columbine forward. But there's a lot. It's, it's a it's a thriller, you know, so it's uh, there's a lot of fiction in it. And uh, sort of marrying the two, true crime and, and fiction. But it's also a mystery because in this case, when the sh- school shooting happens, the shooter is wearing a mask. And by the time all the chaos clears, uh, the mask has been thrown aside. And so the school shooter walks out with everyone else. And so they have to, de- you know, the mystery is who actually perpetrated that crime. 
pretty interesting uh, twist. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to take, you know, what's going on with them and then add add elements that were new and different and and to to not only have a thriller, but also have a mystery. You know, I really enjoy mysteries and, and all of these books have mysterious and mystery elements. They're whodunits. Most of the time, it's not revealed until the very end, you know, who actually is responsible for the crime and and get into the psychology of why uh, in the in the revelation of who the, the killer is. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, and I think it's so cool that you like yeah you were actually a chaplain in the penitentiary in the prison. Steph, I mean, what was that like to be a, a chaplain in <laughs> in a prison? It was a, a really cool experience. I it was something I never considered. I mean, it just was not even on my radar. But in North Florida, where I live, uh, in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, they they built a lot of prisons in in this area, and one in Gulf County where I live. Um, they built in, uh, it's just a couple of miles from where I live, a small group of us went out to meet with the, the chaplain there at the time. And, and there were three of us, we sat down with him and we we're just asking, you know, what we could do to help. And, you know, if we could volunteer for programs and different things. And as we we're talking, he looked at me and he said, you need to be doing this talking about chaplaincy. And I, before that moment, I just, it just never had occurred to me. So within, um, it was just one of those sort of serendipitous kind of things because within a few weeks I was doing it, and uh, most of the most of the decade of the '90s I was a prison chaplain with the Florida Department of Corrections, and that meant I worked with a lot of criminals. I worked with a lot of correctional officers and staff. You know, gained a lot of experience and stories, and I did a lot of counseling and and you know heard a lot of horror stories, and it just was a great foundation for the John Jordan series. You say you had a goal of being published before you turned 30, but did you always uh, dream of becoming a, a, a writer? You know, from a very early age, I, I was a storyteller and um, wanted to do, always did things within the arts. You know, see, I was writing from an early age. I was doing some filmmaking, uh, doing a little music. But um, as I grew up, really writing became the, the primary thing. And I just fell in love with fiction, fell in love particularly with crime stories uh, and what crime fiction was capable of. As, as many writers have said, I'm a, I'm a reader moved to emulation, you know, so I, I, I read books that I loved and I just wanted to write them. You know, I wanted to write books like those. And uh, so that's what I started doing. And it was in my, um, well, it was the summer of 94. I had many in college I had, had tried to write. And I mean, I did write, but it just wasn't any good. And was having a hard time, you know, for it sort of clicking to fall into place. But I, I did a, a graduate program and it was a, it was a modular program, which meant I was on campus just very, uh, just a few weeks a year. The rest of the time I was working from home. And uh, so it required a lot of writing. And when I came to the end of that program and uh, when I graduated, I, I decided to the, the amount of time I was spending in academic writing every day, I was going to devote to my fiction writing. And I did. And that was the summer of 94. And it just clicked. Three years later, Power in the Blood was published by Pineapple Press in, in uh, South Florida and uh, sort of where everything began. You have lots of series out there, <laughs> like 10. <laughs> Look at your website. Yeah, I have. Um, I guess I have probably four um, series. And then, like I said, now they sort of all it's almost all like they're all part of the John Jordan series. But I have. Um, a, a 1940s noir series uh, set in Panama City, Florida during the 
World War II during the sort of on the home front. I've always loved film noir and the classic hardball detective novels. So it's sort of a homage to those. And that's the Jimmy Riley series. And there's five of those so far. And then um, I have a, a series with a FDLE, which is the Florida Law um, uh, Department of Law Enforcement. That's like the state cops in Florida. I have a series that involves a, a female FDLE agent, college religion professor who solved crime together. Um, and then and a few others. But like I say, John Jordan is the main series. And, and all of those characters that I've written about sort of make their way into the John Jordan series eventually. Yeah, it's so interesting. I've noticed this is a, a, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of books published in, uh, about, in Florida, crime mysteries in Florida. Um, and it's like Northern Florida, the, like the, the Gulf Coast and all that. That's such an interesting area. Um, have, you, have you been noticing that, that trend that there, all of a sudden there's more books now published uh, uh, in Florida? <laughs> Definitely. It's interesting because in when I first started writing, South Florida was just sort of the sort of capital of crime fiction. It was uh, just it was post uh, Miami Vice era, and there were a lot of writers writing about uh, crime in in Miami and in South Florida, and and so I was one of the few that was writing about crime, you know, writing crime fiction in North Florida. But now you're right. There's uh, more and more. It seems like writers are writing crime fiction set in in all parts of Florida, but really lately the new parts have been really dealing with with central florida up to north florida where i live and it really is like two really different uh states kind of us south and north northern florida kind of like california (laughs) question it's it's interesting because the south part of florida is more like the north part of the united states and the north part of florida is more like the south part of the united states what i mean i really live by living in north florida i really live in the deep south it's uh, rural it is um you know, a series of small towns, and it is very much a part of the Deep South. You you can't really distinguish where I live from Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, very similar Louisiana, very similar mindsets and um, history and, and that kind of thing. So who were some of the uh, writers that influenced you then? When you Before you started to write, you, you say you were a fan of the genre. Who were some of your favorites? Well, it, it really, of course, as a kid, I read... Sherlock Holmes and, and some of the classics. Uh, so that was certainly an early influence. In high school, there was a TV show with a, a private detective called Spencer for Hire. And that's what led me to the books of Robert B. Parker and the Spencer series. And uh, he was a very uh, early influence. And uh, I love the character of Spencer and I love, love uh, Parker's writing style, I liked his prose a lot. And uh, so then I just really started investigating the genre and reading more. And uh, James Lee Burke became a, a huge uh, influence, a big fan of his. Uh, Michael Connolly, Dennis Lehane, uh, Graham Greene, Walter Mosley, uh, just just several. Um, and then, of course, it, it classics, too. I mean, I you know, um, Agatha Christie, uh, Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett. Um, a lot of a lot of those writers, both the uh, contemporary and historical, have had a have huge influence on me. So, from your books uh, in the John Jordan series, did you ever? Um, you say you heard a lot of stories, a lot of horror stories, from being a chaplain in the in prison. Do you uh, did any of those ever make it into one of your 
the basis to, to one of your books? Sure. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, fictional versions of things I experienced, you know, while I was a chaplain and uh, stories I heard definitely. In fact, for the second book in the series, which is called Blood of the Lamb, I should say every John Jordan um, book has the word blood in it. So there's, you know, power in the blood, blood of the lamb, flesh and blood, uh, and on and on and on up until bloodshed that just came out. But um, I had the second book in the series written, and then I had an experience as a chaplain with the situation that happened in the prison that I, I just discarded that second book I had written and wrote another book based on inspired by actual events that, that had happened you know to me and that I was involved with in the in the prison. And so that that happened a lot. And then I guess maybe that's what has inspired more and more over the years. Uh, more and more true crime has worked its way into my novels. Now, you know, they're all, these are fiction, you know, this is fiction and it's, it's not their novels, but I have experimented with both using elements of true crime. Um, I've used the Atlanta child murders. I've used the uh, Ted Bundy and what he did, Columbine, the John Benet Ramsey case, uh, Maura Murray, Heyman Lee, you know, the Adnan Syed case. A lot of, a lot of cases have made their way into my fiction and if I am specifically talking about them, then I, then it's factual. I'm using the actual true crime, you know, the real stories and people and, and you know, factual history. Uh, but I marry that with fiction. And so, for instance, in uh, Bloodwork, um, there's a cold case that John is investigating and he's looking at it very closely. And originally it was believed that uh, Ted Bundy was responsible for it. Ted Bundy, of course, came to Florida and spent time in Florida and was caught in Florida. And ultimately, he was executed in Florida. And so I used all the historical events related to Bundy and what he did. And there was a time in which he left Tallahassee and drove across the, uh, you know, drove west across North Florida to Pensacola and was ultimately apprehended over there. But I used that journey that he was on for an intersection with fictitious characters and that was the basis of um, blood work. So I, I've always, I guess, brought in elements of things I've actually experienced and then true crime elements. And until you just asked that question, I guess I really hadn't thought about my early experiences as a chaplain and using those you know, true life experiences is probably what opened me up to using more and more true crime in my novel. And what's the preparation process uh, for that? Do you do like a lot of research before you actually dive into the writing? Yes. Yeah. It, it's interesting because early on in the series, you know, in a lot of ways I was was living the research. But as the series continued and went on, I, I've done more and more research over the years. And of course, like I said, when I use the elements of true crime, I, I study the I do a real in-depth study of the cases that I'm using. Uh, but even when I when it, you know everything's fictitious and it's not based on a real case or uh, something related to true crime, I still do a lot of research, and I'm in the extremely fortunate position of having um, a childhood friend of mine who is was in my class and we actually started school together and went all the way through from kindergarten to to graduating high school together. He is the sheriff of the county where I live. And he has been for the last uh, 10 or 12 years, uh, or maybe more, the primary 
consultant for my books. And so, you know, my books now are set in Gulf County and John works for the Gulf County Sheriff's Department. And it's my friend who is the sheriff of the uh, of Gulf County. And he's just given me so much great information. And I have, you know, ask him questions continually. I've also got a, a really good friend who is an attorney and now has been a judge for several years and another friend who's a forensic pathologist. So I, I call on them. You know, of course, you can. There's all kind of good information in books and online. But these three um, really provide me with just hands on details that, you know, their experiences that I really couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah, especially right in the in the area that you're writing too. That's that's a pretty great uh, connections. <laughs> it really is. Is the area you said Gulf County, but is the town that that uh, John Jordan lives and works in is it is that real or is? It- yeah, what what happened in and I started like I said when I was uh, my first novel was published, I was still a full time prison chaplain, and I had to make the decision if I was going to set the the novels in a in a real place like the prison I was working in and the town I was living in, or if I was going to do a fictitious. So I, I made a fictitious town where John is fictitious prison and all. And so this fictitious town where he lives and the fictitious prison where he works are actually located in and are surrounded by real places in, in North Florida. And then in the 11th book in the series, which in a lot of ways is called blood oath. And in a lot of ways, it's really like the, start of a new series or the second part of, of this series. And, uh, I moved John to a real location. And so John actually lives now in Weewahitchka where I live and is, uh, like I said, works for the Gulf County Sheriff's department. So actual real places, you know, whereas I, before I was using a fictitious town surrounded by real places, real towns. Now everything in the novels are, are, you know, set in real places, actual, actual places, which, and that was a new challenge to do. I've really enjoyed that. And I've continually looked for ways like that to keep the series fresh, both for me as the, the writer of them, but then also for the readers. Do, what do you find as a writer? What the, uh, is, is there a big difference between writing in a fictitious, fictitious town versus a, a real life town or definitely, uh, definitely a lot of challenges. Um, you know, obviously with a fictitious town, you can do absolutely anything you want. Most of the time it's based on real places and, you know, fictitious versions of real places you've been and know about um, because it, you know, it has to be credible and it has to come across as real. But if you need to, if you need a, you know, a fictitious business or you need to move a road or anything, you can do anything with a fictitious town and things like that, you know, that you can't when you're writing about real places. But the real places come with uh, a lot of material to work with. They come with a history. You know, they come with actual, literal, factual events, um, things you can describe and explain. And so, you know, there's a lot to work with either way. But I've enjoyed um, both aspects and uh, enjoyed doing both ways. And and like I say, it's just really kept the, the series fresh for me. I speaking of that, I mean, I, I've read series in which I felt like that either the author got tired of writing the series and I wasn't sure why he or she continued or either it seemed like they were writing the same book over and over and over again. And so I've made a real conscious decision not to do either one of those things. So I feel like 
there's a lot of diversity in the John Jordan series uh, from a stylistic standpoint, you know, from um, the stories themselves, my approach, like I said, moving from a fictitious place to a real one and, and various things like that. And so I'm, I'm going to keep it as fresh and interesting and, and feel like that each book is better than the previous one. And when that stops, I will stop writing the series. And John Jordan has been aging through the through the 20 years? Yes. Uh, it's interesting because when I first started, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that. Um, so in the earlier books, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of specific references. But when I decided to do the prequel and have John investigate the Atlanta child murders, uh, then I that's when I specifically set him and the books in – actual you know time and, and place so um so then then it became i knew you know the, the audience now the readers know exactly you know when john was born when he graduated when he went to atlanta when he came back to florida you know all of those things are are tied to actual events in history now yeah i love the uh, john jordan timeline that you have on your website that's pretty cool thank you yeah i thought um again the for a long series i think you it's helpful to do things like that and and you never know when 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 a reader is going to join the series uh, i've written an essay that's in most of the novels that, that explains you know the best way to read the series and the three places where i think uh, the three books that i think are the best places to enter the series which is Innocent Blood, the prequel I mentioned, uh, Power in the Blood, which is the first book that was ever written, or Blood Oath, the 11th book when John becomes an investigator again. Uh, I mean, officially an investigator again. But I write them where you can pick up anyone and start. You know, it, each book, each novel contains a, 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 a self-contained mystery that's solved in that novel. So um, anyway, things like that, I think, help a, for with a long series, help a reader you know, stay sort of moored to the series and, and know what's going on, particularly if they pick up a later book and and then decide to, you know, go back and read the earlier books later. And how does that work for you as a, from the writing perspective? Do you have like a spreadsheet to keep track of all the timelines? And, and do you do a lot of outlining before you start to write your stories? I, do, I don't, um, I don't do a lot of outlining. I, I'm, I write, um, I, but I guess in terms of just the, the characters and the events are so, uh, and the novels are so real to me and have been so much a part of my, you know, the last 24 or five years of, of my life and of writing about them that I, I feel like I have a really good sense of, um, you know, not only the characters, but who they really are and their past and their histories. But uh, definitely I do make notes. And if there's something I need to double check, I just go back to the text um, of the novels, you know, and, and I'm able to look up and if I need a reminder of exactly when something happened or, or, you know, how it happened to write a novel, I, I spend a lot of time. I do my research. I spend a lot of time thinking about it, thinking about the characters and what's going to happen with them and, and the, the mystery and the story itself. And I'm, I do make little notes, but not much. And I definitely don't outline so when I start, I have a good idea of where it's going, and I know a couple of the main things that are going that I believe are going to happen along the way, and I have some notion of how it's going to end, but that's it. And the rest of it, I want to discover it as I go. 
And I believe that if I, you know, I'm excited to wake up every morning to get to the keyboard to see what happens next and see how it unfolds and discover things along the way, I hope then that translates to the reader having that same kind of exciting experience with the novels. And do you set like writing goals when you're writing a, a, an active project? Do you say like, I want to write five pages today or two chapters or 5,000 words? <laughs> I do. Um, I don't, it's not that specific, but I do, I write. When I'm writing a novel, and I almost always am, at this point, I am, when I finish a novel, and then, of course, I have to do some of the promotional kind of things related to the release or launch of a book. But otherwise, I'm always researching and preparing to write the next novel. And so I take a little time off in between each, each book to, you know, renew and refresh, but then also to do my research and, and live with the next story for a while for it to develop and in, in my head at least. And, um, but when I'm writing, I really, that's, you know, pretty much all I'm doing. So, you know, all day, every day I'm, I'm working on that novel. And so I, uh, that's just where my focus and concentration is. And it enables me to, to, you know, produce a lot in a, in a short period of time. But most of the, most days I will write probably two to three chapters, but always at least one chapter a day, you know, depending on how it goes and how long the chapter is. But most of the time it's two or three. And I don't have a particular word count, but I, I know, uh, you know, feel good about if I get, you know, X number of chapters done that I, I know I'm making the kind of progress that I want to on the book. And are you working on uh, book number 20 now, uh, John Jordan? I am in the uh, research and uh, sort of living with the characters and story mode. So I've not actually started. I mean, th this, of course, is part of writing. So I, I can't say I haven't started the writing, but I haven't started putting words down on the page yet. I probably have a, a few more weeks of research and study and prep, and to, then I'll start the next one. So that's pretty exciting, number 20 in the series, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> it's it's um, because the third book in the series is a collection of short stories. It's the 20th book, but it's the 19th novel. And, uh, but, yeah, it's very special. And I've been thinking about, you know, some of the ways in which I can commemorate it being the 20th book in the series. And so um, before I let you go, um, I know some of our listeners are aspiring writers here. Any advice that you could give them uh, uh, about with regards to writing? Well, I would say that uh, when it comes to writing, it really is something that, you know, you, you learn by doing. And it takes a tremendous amount of effort and focus, you know, and attention. And, you know, Malcolm Gladwell mentioned the you know, you have to do something for 10,000 hours or 10 years to get very proficient at it. And there, there are no shortcuts. I mean, you have to, it's, it's a very idiosyncratic uh, endeavor, you know, and you have to study it, but you mostly have to do it. And you learn to do it by reading good books and breaking them down and studying how they work, you know, but then mostly you do it by writing. And if you'll commit to write and write, you know, try to write consistently every day if possible and then get good feedback so you can can learn and grow uh, and, and be open to that good feedback and be willing to, to change things that need to be changed um, then you can figure it out and you figure out how you how you do it how, how it works for you by doing that by by figuring it out yourself once you do then I feel like you really know how to do it there's a lot of great books there's great courses and things but ultimately 
you know, we're the ones who have to figure out how to write. And in, by, in doing that, that process really prepares us and teaches us to, to be able to do it well. But it's not quick. There, there are no shortcuts. Yes, that's great. And then for the listeners to find you, um, your website's uh, michaellister.com. Yes, yep, michaellister.com. And that uh, has most everything, you know, that, that about the series and the different projects going and, and uh, you know, how to get them and that kind of thing. Yeah, you have a lot of cool stuff in there. You have like 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 merchandise too. Like I really like some of the there's some uh, Yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Some some John Jordan merch and, and the videos are really cool too, the trailers. Thank you. Yeah, we've made a lot of uh trailers for the books over the years. Um there's interviews. There's an there's an interview Michael Connolly and I did a couple of years back that's on there. Uh, a lot of good material, especially for uh if, if people are fans of thrillers and mysteries and, and aspiring writers, I think they'll I think they'll find something that will be a benefit for them. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time to uh, talk to us. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests, as well as information, uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast. And uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com. I appreciate your support. And so until next episode, I will talk to you then.